Welcome to the Back Row Hecklers. For the old school fans of the Back Row Hecklers and of the Lock family, you'll know exactly what that music is. Uh, we're not at Doc Martin Studios in wonderful downtown Mount Washington, Kentucky. We're not from the other side of the tracks in Matt Swartz's basement. I'm sitting here with uh, a very good personal friend of mine. You've heard the soundbite many a times on here. Nathan Future, welcome to the Back Row Hecklers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's my pleasure. Also, uh, Miss Heather Future, thank you for being in <laughs> <laughs> the Back Row Hecklers. Um, Matthew Nimmin, it is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day yeah, to all the mothers Day, out there everybody. and to all you motherfuckers, too. Um, <laughs> I also want to say Happy Mother's Day to you mothers that had to be fathers also. There's quite a few of them out there. And uh, those are the ones that I really want to stress because they don't get enough respect nah, in my absolutely. eyes. Not to not to get out there and get all sentimental and weeping <laughs> and everything. Getting but, all know. soft right off the jump. All right, yep, going to cry. Uh, we got a couple special guests. Uh, Chris Class is calling in. And in case you guys haven't seen it or peeped it out, there's a brand new Backrow Hecklers t-shirt. And uh, it hopefully will be coming your way real soon. It's been ordered and they're being made. And uh, it's a headlock gear design. It's nice. Like the headlight gear shirt you got on right there? Yes, that is sir. probably one of the first headlight gear shirts ever made. Dude. I think it is the very first one. I think one. it's his That's very first series one, man. I had a rare bro. one, and it, I don't know what happened to it, man. It's been going a <laughs> long time. Yeah, but you got like 175 uh, Yeah, I got, I got a bunch so. of headlight gear shirts. But uh, the new one, man, is dope, and it is a Chris Class uh, headlight gear exclusive. You can look me up on Facebook, pre-order that if you want to, or uh, hit me up at a show. And the reason I wanted to have you on at the future, the number one reason is because... Well, day one, when I started this podcast, and I say me because it was me, I started this podcast, um, and I envisioned it a lot differently. Me and Chris Class wanted to have our friends on here. Um, I'm very happy that young Matthew and, and, and Joshua are on here because they fill in the gaps. They're younger. I get to see a different yeah. perspective. Right. Uh, young Matthew's never been. He's, not, he's been to maybe 10 independent shows his whole life. He's really? a WWE kid. Yeah. I know it. I yeah. mean, I can relate. You know, yeah. I'm more of a WWE guy. You know, more You so most than... certainly was. And that's why I would love to get you on here with him. And I like to get you on here with Nick Manowar. Because Nick Manowar uh, grew up yeah. liking WWE too. And, uh, but the thing is, that one of the main reasons is because a lot of people don't know. Um, his, his real name is Nick Cantlander. But he wrestled under the name of Nathan Future. And I say that because, you know, people, like, class is going to call here in a minute. When he does, he's going to say you had a cup of tea in yeah. IWA. Yeah, a little bit. Or little make bit. fun or, you know, say something or whatever. But the bottom line is that um, there's a point in time at IWA Mid-South where all the wrestlers, a lot of a lot of Ian Rotten's talent, I want to say circa 1999, maybe, yeah, right yeah. around 2000. Yeah. A lot of his talent had went to, maybe 98 even, had, had went to the Juggalo Tour. And he was in the process of getting a new building and things. And so uh, he came to the Pro-Ams, and, and, and one of the guys, he scooped up all the Pro-Ams and, and helped train a little bit and, and get back what, what was one young Nathan Future. Yeah, yeah, me, uh, the Prophet Daniel Quinn. Yes. The, he came to us, too, specifically during, you know, one of our little get-togethers that we oh, yeah. had. And he was I, like, I remember. Hey. I was in the ring at the time when he said, you guys, oh, hold on a second. Mr. Chris Class, are you there, sir? What's up, buddy? I'm sitting here with Nathan Future. Now we have Chris Class. We were just talking about when Ian Rotten came to Nathan Future and Daniel Quinn in the middle of the ring and was like, hey, you guys think you can have a match at IWA? <laughs> <laughs> hey, are, are we on now? We're live, buddy. We're taping right now. We're ready to rock. Oh, shit. Okay. okay. No buffers, uh, bitch. You guys got to go. <laughs> uh, 
didn't hear that. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was, uh, I, I remember thinking that was a pretty cool thing because, correct me if I'm wrong, did you guys debut before Jay Prodigy did? Uh, no, it was nah, after. Nah, yeah. because we kind of, they worked us into a storyline they had going where basically it ended up being me, uh, Daniel, Corporal Robinson, uh, Blaze, yep. and uh, who was the other one? There was a, th- a fifth. Uh, Roland Hart. Roland, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Roland, Roland, yep. yeah. Yeah, you guys, I remember you guys had a big five-way where like four dudes had submissions on Jeremy. He's like, I like to yeah. tap, but I yeah. can't use my arm. Yeah. Right, I remember that, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on. I think actually, either Richard X or Isaiah may have been on your team because I think Roland was on the other team. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It wasn't Roland. It was was it, it was Harry you. Palmer? No, I think it was you. How can I not remember this? Now? It's hard. I think it was you and Quinn, and then Richard Isaiah. We were against them though. He was against Richard and Isaiah. Yeah, okay. because if you if you remember, we worked a match against one of the biggest shows I ever worked yeah. at at IWA. Mm-hmm. And we got ripped in the back because yeah, it was the a spot fest. Yeah, yeah, all y'all did there, people were getting mad saying, you guys need to know how to work. The funny shit is, when we were the antagonists in the backyards, like, we would isolate the shit out of Charlie Thomas, beat the shit out of him, oh, yeah. and wait for the hot tag, but then, <laughs> we would, we would, he'd yeah. get mad. But then when, you know, we knew how to do a hot tag, but then when y'all got in front of that big crowd, you were like double electric chair Frankenstein or right. <laughs> Yeah, like, we were just, we were just thinking big, like, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like, hey, let's go tell the story, and it's and just... The funny part is, when y'all got done, y'all were all happy, walking to the back thinking y'all crushed it, because the yeah. fans were going crazy. Was, yeah, they were hot, they were, they, they were onto it, but man, I, we walked back here and it was like... Dave Prezak was oh, one man. of the first ones, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, that's always been one of, that was one of the weirdest things. I mean, it was, I think Nate the Future and I probably had about the same length of a career in pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Like a handful of matches. But like that, I remember that, you were there for that, Brian, when it was me and Richard X up in Evansville. Yes. And like, I knew the match was due, but like two minutes into the match, Richard X gets blown up and he almost starts to puke. He's driving <laughs> even in the corner? I got the tape. shit on us outright it's just like you know you walk in the room and you feel like everybody was just talking about you because they stop and they're looking yeah we were like oh shit but then i don't i don't remember who brought it to our attention it might have been in but it was just like you know just a lot of you know just a lot of moves you know y'all didn't really yeah. tell the story and yeah. da, da, da. The, I, i'm almost positive the very next show me and daniel tagged up against uh in and gq masters actually so they could kind of show yeah. us what well, a tag match was, was supposed is, to be like i remember people telling me that everybody always GQ Masters cracked me up. He was a great mouthpiece, especially for Chip Fairway because Chip Fairway was a worker. Who GQ Masters? Ah, oh, yeah. But dude, when I watching that dude wrestle with his shirt T-shirt tucked into his shorts, <laughs> dude, I hate him so bad. And it wasn't heat like heat like he got heat because he was a good heel to anybody. It's like I just didn't want to see him wrestle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not shitting on him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm not hating on him because the dude. He, I mean, everybody talks about how good of a wrestler he is and stuff. I remember Quinn's like, that dude was so heavy. He goes, I went to body slam him, and he was so heavy on everything he did. I was like, he's probably doing that on purpose because you a rookie, and yeah. he's trying to show you, you know, hey, some dudes can do this to you. Um, I was just talking about real quick. I want to go back though. I gotta thank you, sir, because that shirt, man, it's coming out. Now, you guys can hit me up. I'll tell you. We'll talk a little bit later today about when we have our second guest on of where you can get that shirt first. Hopefully, hopefully. But uh, I want to thank you, Chris Class, because I know you're a busy man. you got a busy schedule. You're a family man. Happy Mother's Day, by the way, Class. Hey, likewise. Happy Mother's Day to, to you, you guys, and your, your wives, your mamas, and all yeah, that. Yeah, I hope, I hope, I hope, yeah, I hope, I hope your little girl's feeling better and everything. I know you had a little bit of scare with her. And I know you've been busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you've been super busy. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you you like that shirt, man. That was. I, I know we've been talking about that for a while, and, and dude, I feel. I get hit up in, that, in the past couple months. It's kind of eased up a little bit, but like by the end of like last year and stuff, I, I get hit up quite a bit, you know, with, with headlock gear and stuff like that. Indie guys, and I hate turning them down, especially big names. Yeah. You know, and I hate turning them down because it's like that helps get headlock gear out there. Even though I've been kind of quiet for the past like. About a year, you know, it's like you said, it's just been because I've been in school and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I've been feeling bad because it's like I know, you know, how much this podcast, uh, you know, means everyone and stuff like that. And, you know, I that's the thing. Like, I, I'm burnt out on design, but I still love doing my own design, like headlock gear stuff. Oh, yeah. And so, because I get free range. And when you told me, you're like, dude, just do free range, you kind of gave me an idea, and you're like, you know, this is kind of what I'm thinking. I was kind of nervous when I sent you the idea because it was like not exactly what we had talked Dude, about. It's nice. You hit yeah. me back and you told me uh, you put it over. I just, I, I, I that, that like made it worth it, man. So I, I'm oh, glad yeah. you appreciate it. I'm glad, I'm glad you like it, I mean. Oh, yeah. And I, I hope the fans like it because it's actually one of my favorite designs I've ever done. Yep, nothing but love. Uh, we're going to get to Russ in just a second, but uh, the, the the short end of it, people are sometimes we're like, oh, man, you know, you're a podcast. I can understand you have a T-shirt, but, you know, what's what, what's this about? Believe you me, I haven't made a red fucking nickel off of any T-shirts. Every penny I've made, I've put back into this podcast to get equipment so that we can run a podcast from Nathan Future's living room, from, from Matthew's basement, from a wrestling show. And to do those things so we're not stuck out, no offense to our ex-producer, but stuck out in a studio, you know, 30 minutes away from here. I, everything, I, I put every dime back into that. And that's what this is for. I need to get a laptop. I got the mixer. I got some mics and stuff, but I need to get a different laptop so that I can run my board, my board with the actual mics and headphones. If I'm going to be at a live show, I want to look professional. Not break out my little Zoom 4, which is badass. Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah, things did. It, but, but at the same time, we want to look, you know, we want to look the part. And those shirts are walking billboards, man. Everybody that has, I've never had anybody go, man, I just don't like your shirt. Your shirt sucks. Everybody, <laughs> they always sell out whenever I run, get, can get a run of them made. And these new ones here that I got coming, man, I like them a lot. Thank you I'm very much. You, man. It's kind of got a crossover appeal to it, because, like, I mean, any shirt he's ever put out, you know, it's like, hey, it looks real good, got nice coloring to it, design and all that, but I saw that one, and I was like, man, like, that would be something you could just, just by looking at, and I don't even know what the fuck it's about, who it's about, what it's for. They're like, oh, that's a cool shirt. Right, right. right. And, 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 you know, you saying that, uh, uh, every time I've done headline gear shirts, like, and I, I, I hope, like, my designs have gotten better as I've gone on. I, I've always tried to do that because I, that was one of the things. I, this was I started headlock gear in 2011, 
Yeah, and I Nick has on the black one right here, your very first black one you had that you took to Insanity Pro. That's what Nick's yeah. wearing right now. I have no idea my wife. Oh, my, my, yeah. All right, good yeah. Up, yeah, you're wearing it right now. We're going to put pictures up on the web later for it. There you go, there you go. But I remember I was talking to Manny while right, right when it came up with the concept, he's like, dude, I fucking love the idea. And I said, all right. Well, he said so many times he's seen people with WWE shirts on, or, or they, they'll comment like, damn, this WWE shirt looks, looks dope as fuck. But it says WWE on there, and it kind of, you know, whether people want to admit it or not, wrestling does kind of have, have a stigma to it. It's yes. usually pretty negative, mm-hmm. you know, but I always wanted to come up with, like, yeah, I guess when I started coming up with headlock gear, it was around the time that tap out was real big. Something like that. Yes. And people love tap out not only for it being like you know an MMA shirt, but because it was one of them shirts that you could just walk around and people was like, "That's a dope design." And so you yeah. saying that in the future, man, that I, I really appreciate that, buddy, because it's like that—that that means that the goal that I had in mind to do that, it, it was accomplished. Because that—that's what I, I try to make it look like a shirt that like people would just would like to wear anywhere and be like. Oh, that's cool. You know, maybe ask more questions about it. Not something that has like fucking, you know, someone doing a fucking hip toss on it. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're kind of biased, but when I see when I see other people like ask me, "Hey, man, what's that?" You know, that's a cool right, shirt. What's that right. about? So. Nah, he's right. I mean, wrestling shirts tend to have a, a look to them. You know, like a, it's almost like a NASCAR shirt. You know, what I'm saying you see somebody and it's like, ah, oh, look, I don't yeah. have to see the whole shirt. Well, and like you just said, wrestling has a stigmatism to him, and it's absolutely right. Just like when I when when Nick's wife sat down earlier, I asked her. I said, she goes, "You can talk mostly about wrestling," and I'm like, "Yeah, but we're talking about other stuff too." And she's like, "Well, I just never watched wrestling as a kid, you know." And that's the way it is. Lots of people never, you know, the other people. Like me myself, I remember being like four years old and watching cartoons. And as soon as yeah. the cartoons were over, yep. wrestling came on, and yeah. it was a statue right, had two right. guys, and it went dun 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 dun. USWA, right? <laughs> dun dun dun. And Jerry the King Lawler was the man, man. You know. And what was funny is I remember going to school, and this girl going, "This I hated this girl. I, I couldn't have been, but like maybe fourth or fifth grade." And she's going, the whole Grease Gang whooped Jerry Lawler's butt. The Grease Gang's tough. <laughs> you pissed off about yeah. that. Too, and she's talking you? about Travolta, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, you're crazy and you're ugly. Jerry Lawler whooped John Travolta and the whole Grease Gang. She goes, who's John Travolta? And I was like, see, you're stupid too. You know? <laughs> hey, let me ask you this, Nick. Uh, we've talked in the past. Brian and I have talked about like some of the first matches we've ever seen, stuff like that. Yeah, sure. I don't think I've ever had you. I know you were a big Hulk Maniac fan back in the day, but like, what was like back in the day? I mean, this is I guess the first time you've officially been on, other than talking about my my dick size one. <laughs> 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 this is uh, like let let some of the listeners know like what kind of guy. Maybe you guys went over it already, but like what kind no. of guy you into wrestling or what was some of the first matches that you're like, oh shit, this is what I'm. This is what it's about. Uh, I mean, same kind of thing with him. I definitely remember USWA coming on after. After the cartoons, but I think that if I think back to like the first match I can really remember sticking out was um, uh, Hogan and Iron Sheik. Uh, was it the first WrestleMania? Was it the second? That's the first one, right? No, I think that or was, was it. Uh, it was eighty four. Yeah, that yeah, eighty four. Yeah, he won that ugly like green belt, show. right? It was just like a house show thing. It wasn't even like a. I don't. Yeah, yeah, it was. A, it was at Madison Square Garden before Mania because Mania, the first WrestleMania uh, main event was uh, uh, Hogan and Mr. T against. That's Michael right. Over. That's yeah. right. That was and you know, back then it was it was you're gonna rent a VHS tape of it and watch it. It wasn't like you know, so it was it was a situation. That was the first one I can remember. But then I can distinctly remember, you know, between me and then 
you know, Charlie, Chaz Cage wrestling teddy bears in the in the living room of the apartment, uh, you know, <laughs> doing Hulk Hogan stuff, ripping our shirts off and shit. So, yeah, as early back as that. Uh, but then I can also distinctly remember a house show um, where it was um, Big John Stud and he was uh, wrestling a match against Hillbilly Jim uh, in Louisville Gardens. And, you know, I'd always kind of, at that point, known a little bit about the performance of it and all that, but didn't really understand the inner workings of it or anything like that. And when I saw Hillbilly Jim take a swipe at John Studd, and he missed him by about a foot, and John Studd still sold it like he got hit, I was like, well, oh, hold on now. Like, there's something going on here. I don't know about this now. Let me. So then I really started to watch it, but yeah, yeah. But that's the first ones I can remember really is, is Hogan stuff, you know, just back in the day, really. Chris Class, man. <laughs> I know that uh, lots of people, when it comes to wrestling, they, they always have their the people they like, the people they don't like, you know. And then there's also people that are, uh, I don't want to say old school and new school, but there kind of is a division there. And I wanted to touch on briefly, uh, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but uh, there was a guy out of nowhere. He put on there, like, uh, he was, it hit Twitter this last week, where um, he was making fun of Jim Cornette again because Cornette, always hates his. Like, there's four or five guys that Cornette really, Cornette really doesn't like. And Jim Cornette was a manager, in case people that don't know they're in their 20s or whatever, he was a big-time manager probably, but he hasn't done anything on the ring side of things in probably 20 years. Yeah. Now, he's been behind the curtain for a long time, and he was the manager of the Midnight Express, a lot of really good teams back in the day, you know, uh, in, in the WWE, especially in the territory days around here locally. Yeah. He yeah. was famous for the tennis racket around. Um he was making fun of Kenny Omega. He was like, Kenny Omega is a terrible worker, and you know he's a he's never drawn a dime. Uh, he shouldn't even be able to buy a ticket to a show or things like that. And Kenny Omega's like, it's okay. Um, you go ahead and stay back in your little podcast because that's what Jim Cornette really pretty much. That's pretty, unless he gets a little bit here from Danny Davis or whatever, he doesn't really have a spot anymore. Oh, he does, he's not he's really not relevant. He's not with OVW, Ring of Honor, or really anything that much. I mean, uh, Danny will give him a spot here and there. And then um, Ricochet jumped in, which I thought was cool. Ricochet was like, that match, he was making fun of Kenny Omega did a match the Blow Up Doll. He did an actual wrestling match the Blow Up Doll. Uh, I think I sold saw all the moves. And so he was like, uh, I've never, Cornette came back and was like, I've never embarrassed myself or my business you know, like you did wrestling a Blow Up Doll. Um, you should be ashamed of yourself, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Ricochet was like, that match was better than anything you was ever involved in your whole career. I'm going to go watch it again. <laughs> and then Cornette came back with like another flippy-doo wrestler that nobody cares about making his opinion. Well, Cornette, I hate to say it to you, bro, but lots of people care about Ricochet. And uh, he's quite possibly top five wrestler on the face of the planet right now. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. his his run last year as Prince Puma was huge. Um, what do you feel about the old school versus the new school, Chris Class? I mean, I think both of them have valid points. But, man, I mean, you can't sit in with everything, with art, with music, with everything. You have to evolve. Yeah, you have to evolve. Yeah, yeah, you have you to do, adapt to survive. Right. You, you do have to evolve. And I think I think one thing that a lot of wrestling nowadays lacks is, especially when it comes to indie wrestling, where Cornette likes to, it, it, it sounds like he likes to pigeonhole anyone who hits more than two high spots in a match. Is, yeah. Flippy, flippy, all that shit. Now, I don't necessarily always agree with that, but what I do agree with when it comes to Cornette is that theory and psychology is, is a lot of the times thrown out the door yeah, yeah. when when it comes to just high spots. And high, it was kind of probably like, you know, what Ian was, was talking to you about, Nick. 
yeah, yeah. I was going to say the same you thing. Know, you guys hit a bunch of spots, you know, and, and it's, you know, at the time, what, that was your first, second, third match, maybe, you didn't know, and that's stuff that, 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 you know, people do need to understand in order for shit to make sense. It might look really cool when the, when the young bucks are doing my fucking spot after spot after spot, and it's, I, I, I'll pop for it, you know, I'm yeah. a big New Japan fan, and I'm a big PWG fan, and I love that shit. Fighting but spirit. But like psychology, like, you know, Cornette says, and like Cornette used to, you know, some of the Midnight Express versus Rock and Roll Express shit back in the day was some of the, they would, you know, the, the high spot would be the Alabama slam, you know? That oh, yeah. Would be it. Or it'd be that, that fucking, that, that toss that Condry would throw fucking Eaton and, and do that, that splash off the top. Yep, or uh, the double drop kick, or the double drop, drop kick at the end of the match, towards the end right, of the match. Right, the double drop kick was a finisher. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, it had a lot more psychology with Ricky Moore, and I don't want to say everyone, like, all old school matches had more psychology than, than they do nowadays. Oh, no. that's not true. No. But, um, I mean, but I think back in the day, there wasn't as, like you said, you have to evolve. And Cornette doesn't want to, he's stuck in his less is more mentality. Yeah. And, you know, he's done, uh, there's no doubt about it. Cornette has drawn more money than, uh, than a shitload of people because he had, uh, his long tenure. Yeah. But for him to just totally shit on, like, everyone new school that does more than two high spots and he thinks it's bullshit, I, I think it's, I, personally, I think it's unfair. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be a happy medium. I yeah. mean, you know, in some situations, I mean, if right. you look at the course right. of a show that's booked, and like in our case, you know what I'm saying, sure, I guess from a psychology standpoint, then we probably took a big dump on that whole idea of telling the story. At least we thought we were. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you know, in a show like that, we're one of the first matches. The crowd's hot. Right. We're getting them prepared for the people who are going to tell stories. So, I mean. Yeah, and another thing is, now I go to, I still go to a lot of live wrestling shows. Lots of times, that first show, first match out the gate, just it's bang, a three-way bang, bang. dance. Yeah. Or, or a four-man or a scramble. And it's bam, 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 just like that, too. I mean, it has a little yeah. bit more, more psychology probably than the match you guys had back then. I don't remember. I wasn't. I didn't. I mean, I can't remember that match off the top of my head. I do remember, like, double electric chairs. I remember double Frankenstein's. I remember a couple of crazy things in there. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I mean, the timing may have been off for him, and I'm not here to shit on that match because I was screaming up and down going, that's my dudes! They're killing it! You know, I loved it. Right, um, right. But the evolution part of that is what I'm talking about right now, how, how things come back full circle. The One of the reasons I'm, I, I'm sitting here with Nathan Future today is because he just told me recently that his son has his own trampoline wrestling thing going on. Yeah, yeah. That's so dope to me. Yeah. Yeah, like, 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 yeah. Like Monday, he was, uh, he wasn't feeling well, so he, he only did half a day at school, and we came back and watched, uh, SmackDown, and then watched Raw. And, like, what it got him into it is, you know, they've been jumping on the trampoline, this and that, and, uh, the net broke. Mm-hmm. So then they couldn't do some of the, like, football type of games they were playing on there, the real rough stuff. So uh, once that came off, I saw them out there, and they were, like, clotheslining each other and shit. And, of course, naturally, I saw it. I was like, all right, guys, let me show y'all a couple Hold of things. Hold on a second so, now. Y'all doing yeah. this all wrong. <laughs> right. Man. So I'm out there. I'm first, first you ain't form- in Japan. Don't <laughs> work. You work for a certain side, okay? I was like, first and foremost, you got to tuck your chin. That age range is like with Brian. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, first and foremost, man, you got to tuck your chin. Y'all got to, you know, so I'm telling them the little things that keep them from getting hurt. Yes. Uh, but then it, it just goes on from there, and that's every other day. Come on, man. Come on there and wrestle with us. Let's work a match. And, you know, and they're locking up, and, you know, it's it's funny. But, but yeah, and I think with anything, you know, part of what brought wrestling back is when it was real hot and everybody in the 80s and, you know, kind of early 90s and everybody was just riding the Hulkamania thing, 
Well, then when it kind of fell off and people were like, well, wrestling's not real and it ain't all this. Well, then WWE had to evolve and kind of say, well, look, we know we're not. We're entertainment. Yeah, so, look you at know, this they, there. Yeah. And, you know, in anything else, you got to be able to exploit the weaknesses of what it is. So to say it's a sport and it's, well, it's not. So they kind of make fun of it. They poke fun at it. You know, there are guys that wrestle comedy matches all over that I've seen. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, does that mean oh, that Oh, Cabana's made a career out right, of that. You know? Right. Does that mean that he's shitting on He's not. I mean, he's telling the story in a different way. So it's like yes. for Cornette to shit on a guy for working a. Oh, he shits on Cabana, too. Yeah. Eh, well. I That's mean. the way that guy is, though, man. Um. I wanted to talk real quick, though. I don't know if you got to see it. I posted it on my Facebook. It was a little snippet, and I found out from Manawa. I'm a huge fan of Zack Sabre Jr. You know, I, uh, I think that he's probably one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world right now. And he had a match against Chris Hero at Evolve 60 Dove for this past Friday on the 6th. Um, and that seemed just a little snippet, man. And at the ending was uh, him and Hero had a match, a PWG, not too long ago. And the finish of that match was so dynamic. It was so fantastic. It was just absolute madness and then the NXT Divas stole that finish and oh, put wow. it on like the takeover show and so when I saw a Hero at IWA the next time around I was like hey man you know the Divas stole you at Sabre Jr.'s finish he smiling he's like they did it on TV dog you know what I'm saying but he was smiling because he knows I mean anybody that don't know they don't realize what the caliber of athlete that Chris Hero is. I mean, he's fucking menacing looking with that, with as big as he is. You know, I get so tired of people on Facebook all the time going, oh, well, he's picked up so much weight since he got let go. I was like, Chris Hero's always wanted to be that type of wrestler, that right. big monster type of wrestler. He had just never had the opportunity, you know. And he's never been a, a cut, you know, um, he, he's always been in, he, he's to this day, kind as big as he is. Windows, yes, uh, exactly. He's, but his stamina. Bradshaw, yes, yep, and um, but him and Zack Sabre Jr. The match they had at Evolve sixty, he said Manuwa said, and I quote, he thinks it's the very best match that he's seen between the two, and that's big. So we're talking match of the year candidate. So if you get a chance, check it out. And Evolve is also the ones uh, they're tied in with WWE right now. They're doing the light cruiserweight tournament for Uh, the for WWE. I'm hoping. I think it's tied to NXT, if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully, so, yeah. hopefully we will see Zack Sabre Jr. in NXT because NXT is evolving, man. So are they only? I, I've heard you guys talk about it on the past couple of podcasts. Are they only doing that cruiserweight tournament in Evolve, or are they kind of doing it throughout? Uh, I want to say it's Evolve. Is it New Japan? There's, oh, I wish I had. See, that's why so I have Matthew a, and Joshua because they're a little more informed about this kind of thing. But I know there's one or two different things, uh, different promotions that are involved with that besides Evolve. That's pretty cool. It's going to be. Yeah, I, I don't think That's and what it is. Yes. That either guys are getting flown in to work a ball for NXT shows, or they're going to be having some international matches like in Japan with Kota Ibushi. Oh, fans. that's dope. Yeah. So, but New Japan doesn't have anything to do with that. New Japan is actually coming up with a new uh, Super Super Junior crown that's coming up very soon, oh. and it looks dope as fuck. So yeah, because 2000. Oh, yeah, and there, there will be an add-on to the end of this because Matt's probably going to be the one to upload this, so there may be a quick add-on with that. Um, real quick before we get off here, Chris, because we do have a special caller calling in about six minutes, and I don't want to not to cut you out to let him in, but he's talking about a show that's coming up this weekend. <laughs> he's, been, he's, he's been on almost as much as you have. <laughs> he's been on a shitload, so that should tell you who's calling in in a minute. But um, I, um, 
What I wanted to get into real quick is the fact that WWE let a lot of people go this week. They let Hornswoggle go. They let Damian Sandow go. That's the one that, to me, I just I still can't see. They let Alex Riley, which I can give a shit less, but me and Josh will be arguing right now because he likes that fucking douche <laughs> for some reason. And then uh, there was another let go to uh, a Cameron from the uh, the Funkadactyls, not the hot one that was married to Jey Uso, the other one. That's really wrong. I shouldn't have said that, but she does have a way bigger ass. Um, way better too. I mean, she is way better than her too. Yeah, way Cameron's the one that said, you know, tough enough to when Stone Cold asked what her favorite match was, she was like. Oh, Melina versus somebody. Oh, and Stone Cold looked at her like, what are you talking <laughs> She's about? She's the girl who was on like, the, the Total Diva show yeah, and yeah, yeah. stepped away from it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Cameron. And uh, forget who else was that's Hornswoggle, Sandow. I see, I don't know uh, how this thing went. Oh, the, yeah. El Coulter, was he one of them? El Torito. Yeah, Zeb Coulter also, yeah. Dutch Mantel. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't... Yeah, yeah, Dutch Mantel. That's absolutely insane, man. The level of... Uh, of, of Knowledge that guy brings just to that locker room, man. Because Dutch, right. Dutch Mattel ran Puerto Rico for a while for Carlos Colon. Really? Like, he was there when the day Brody died, Dutch Mantel was right. in that locker room. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand and realize how long Dutch was in there and what he had to do. I mean, he was a, he was a, a, a heel and a babyface both. You know, he ended up having huge right. runs for both in Puerto Rico. I mean, he wasn't. Don't get me wrong. Wait, I'm not, Oh, that is that's way better. That was this time. I think he's thinking he's going to go on the indies and be an indie superstar. Now is not a bad time to be an indie indie guy. So, man. so like in your all's opinion, then what is the number two Fed right now? Because that generally tends to be the biggest thing. Is the kind of indie? Well, well I mean, it's you not, can't really count Lucha Underground because it's more of a TV show along the lines of the old wrestling side. Yes, they film a whole season at a time. Yeah. They don't film like right. they don't, they don't have house shows or anything like that. And NXT is a part of, of it's right. an actual part of that. So, I mean, lots of people were saying Ring of Honor is bigger than TNA, even though TNA is on a national television level. They're still on Pop TV, and they're still signing people. But if you noticed, like, a lot of the top TNA guys have either left to go to Ring of Honor or, like, yeah. go to New Japan or NXT. go wherever. NXT. Eric Young just debuted on NXT. Eric Young. Oh shit! Yeah. Really? Yes, he met his NXT. And debut. I heard y'all talking about well, too. Is Samoa Joe? They've got him going. He's to their NXT? champ. He's their champ. How is that? I he guess Finn Balor. I guess with the way they brought show. in Kevin Owens, though, I guess they can bring him right into to the main roster, and he's ready to go. I know though, what right? you're saying. That's why a lot of people complain about Nakamura. Since Suke Nakamura made his debut the night before WrestleMania, right? Explosive match against Sami Zayn blew the internet up. Everybody talking about match of the I year. I saw a little bit of it. I didn't oh, watch it. Oh, so good. Nakamura is fantastic. Um and I agree that it, it's a potential for match of the year. I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple here locally, indie wise, that'll give it a run. Honestly, I really have. Right. And um, there's one coming up. I'm going to talk about here in just a second. But that may give it a run. Um, but I would let, let those guys go. Do you think it's because they're bringing in all this extra talent for NXT? You think they're trying to free up the budget? Because I mean, I really can't see any of those guys. If you see how much the the, the WWE guys make, you would be astounded. As in, it's, it's a lot or not a lot? It's not a lot. Uh, that's that's what I was going to say. It was around for, uh, for seven years, you know? It was Who? like yes. that. Was, that was almost like wasted money. And, and that's like, you know, I know Josh is probably listening. No offense, Josh. But it's <laughs> like, no matter how good or bad that guy may have been or whatever, I don't really have an opinion how it's probably. I'm not big on the guy. But I was was, they never utilized the guy other than that short time with the men that he was never able to draw money. So it's like he was never given that shot. And, and, you know, out of all that, 
and I would say it's probably a financial reason. Like you said, I mean, they are doing a lot of money. The roster on WWE right now is like, it's fucking amazing, man. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, really a who's who. Yeah, they but, like, the thing I was most shocked about was like Dutch Mantel and uh, Sandow, just because you got a mind like Dutch Mantel, like you were talking about me, and Sandow was so over, man. Now, do you think yeah. when they talk about Mantel going, though, are they just releasing him from TV? Is he still going to be a part of, like, creative or something, or are they, he's, oh, done? he's done? Oh, yeah, he's well. done. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, and I don't get the Sandow thing. I mean, he every time I watch, he seemed like he's over in some way, shape, or form. Oh, man, he, he good took every, every little role they gave him to play, he killed it. Yeah. And people didn't, I didn't, it took me forever. You know, when he first came out, I was doing Damian Sandow, I didn't realize that that was Aaron Idol Stevens from OVW from back in the day. I didn't know that Yeah. That he was the guy that feuded with, uh, you know, CM Punk and Kenny Dome back, you know, back then. He was killing it back then, so there's no doubt in my mind he'll do good on the indies, and Barrett will do good on the indies. But I yeah, just don't I think Alex Riley's going to – people are like, oh, nah, like I, I think Josh wants – I don't think Alex Riley's good enough to be in – I mean, lots of guys don't make it. But, uh, class, we do got another call coming in, so I will holler at you, homie, because I don't have the capabilities of having, like, both of you on at the same time right now. Yeah, no, it's all good. I just want – Alright man, alright man, take it easy buddy Isaiah, what's up bud, you there? What's up man? What's up homie, we're live on the air Uh, We just let go of Chris Class (laughs) We're having to do the gimmick where you call my phone And we got on speaker and everything I'm sitting here with Nathan Future We were actually just getting ready to break down the uh, I was going to break down real quick the Evolve show that just happened this past weekend Because a lot of people were talking about Chris Hero and Zack Sabre Jr. Possibly having match the year candidate and um, they're having they're having the 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 huge tie-in they have with the uh, with WWE and everything. But we could put that on hold for a minute because I wanted to talk to you about no remorse. Pro wrestling freedom is no remorse this Friday. Um, first, before we start that, let's go back to this past Sunday where you were at. Um, is it this, what is the actual name of Tony Shanks? Tony Sharp's fed up there. Uh, it's uh, Outcast. Right? Outcast. I was yeah. I almost called it Outlaw, and then I'd be like, "Oh man, I feel bad. I called it something different." Yeah, Outcast. No, you you took going to Chase Owens, the Crown Jewel, with the, the guy who was in the New Japan Super Juniors last year. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it was kind of like I posted the uh, you know you could tell right offhand he was dealing with the world travel athlete. He got it. Yeah. But it's nothing, it's nothing like getting there, you know what I'm saying, locking horns with them, dude. You know, oh, yeah. Dude, this crap, man. You know, you got to get respect or respect, dude. You know, he didn't shake my hand after the match. Kind of thought about it, but, you know, I guess he wanted to keep some, uh, you know, uh, keep, keep, keep some crescendo uh, between us, you know, maybe come back with it. Yeah. Uh, I was happily, you know, I, I happened to be able to pull out that match. But, man, I mean, it seemed like at every turn, man, he kind of had my number. Kind of like he, like, stayed up on me a little bit, kind of broke me down, put my legs out where I could Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 thing that I liked about that I was I really wanted to go to that show. I mean, Evansville was hard, and I had some issues come up and stuff, so I didn't wasn't able to make it. But Shane Marshall took on Jason the Gift Kincaid, and Gift Kincaid's been you know we've had him on the on the, the Heckler show before. By the way, my co-host today 
It's Nathan Future. Just what up, you. man? What <laughs> up? Yeah, we Hey, what's going on, Ice Lock? What's up, buddy? <laughs> That's an old one there. To this day, to this day, class is like, Ice is calling in later, man. I'll let you go. Yeah, he sent me a text earlier. He was like, yeah. well, Ice is going to be calling out. I was thinking, who the hell is he talking about? Like, it's I hilarious. That's the funny part about it. People don't understand that it, if you were, uh, if you had it your way, you'd probably been um, Ice Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Man, I, I've heard enough Bobby Drake jokes over my time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this week, coming up here Friday night, you have a, a, a another tough test in front of you. Um, a lot of people don't know who this guy is, and I, I'm going to give him a little bit of insight. Um, I mean, honestly, man, you're taking on the, you're taking on a guy who's almost a mirror image of you down the road. I mean, really, because. This is the man who, he's had his finger on the pulse of Georgia wrestling for a while. You're taking on Murder One. And, I mean, this guy, instantly people always throw out the New Jack comparison. And I hate that. Because they obviously haven't went to YouTube and watched this guy. Because this dude is more like New Jack and B-Boy had a kid. Do you know what I'm saying? Dude can work. I mean, he is like homicide good. You know what I'm saying? He is not. He's not somebody to fuck up with in the ring. He's not a pushover or somebody you're gonna go in there and have a little dance with. This is a formidable test. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, like, as a, as a wrestler that I've you know learned to become, bro. I mean, you, yeah, you know, y'all know my history, man. But, oh yeah. So we, we we try to stay humble. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like, you know, you signed up for this, so I kind of really don't care where you come from or mm-hmm. accolades. Exactly what it is, and that's right. a thing. That's a thing. You know, um, I'm looking forward to calling this match. Um, the hard part for me, I'm, I'm torn because everybody knows IWA. It's home for us. You know what I'm saying? Home, you, I know right now you you got stuff going on, but that for the years and years and years, man, and, and, and for me as a fan, it's home. The first time I ever got to commentate a wrestling match, besides us in the backyard back in the day with our silly shit, right. was at IWA Mid-South. Um, but before this, before the card was announced for this Friday, for IWA, which I will plug in detail in case these people choose to go to that show, because I want you to pick... I want you as a Russell fan to choose which side you want to go, not which side. You pick which show you would rather go see and go yeah, see I it. That, that's the bullshit right there. You shouldn't even have to say that like that, but that's all I'm going to say about it. Fuck all that. You, yeah, I shouldn't have to say that, but if I don't, then you know how other people are going to react. They're going to be like, oh, he's I, trying to tell people where to go. I'm not trying to tell people to do anything. I'm having my friend, Jose, on the show because the fact that we need to talk about other things besides your appearance this week. We need to talk about Mother's Day. We need to talk about Derby. And I, I'm looking forward to commentating that match. I, I signed up to do that before 
Chris Hero and Michael Elgin was ever booked for IWA Mid-South before Jonathan Gresham and Matt Cage was booked. Do I want to see both those matches? Hell yeah. This Friday night, I'd love to go see those. But I verbally committed to doing something else, and I'm going to do that. Um, Also, you and Murder (laughs) One, I'm sorry, but for the last, I want to say probably four or five years, when it comes to main events in this area, and I'm not saying this because you're Hosea and you're my friend and blah, blah, blah. Shane Mercer, Hosea, um, you could throw Congo Kong, you could throw John Wayne Murdoch, Reed Bentley in there to the extent, but those are the guys that have been doing the main events, and those are the guys who have been destroying it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, and, and, and like, back on that, you know, I, I'm not going to mention or plug anything else, but I will say, you know, there's been uh, verbal con- you know, conversation between me and the proprietor of, you know, said group or whatever, you know, and a lot of my argument is, there should be exceptions to the rule. Yeah. You know, you got guys like, I mean, let's just put it there. Let's really put it up there. I don't, I don't know if John Wayne Murdoch or Reed Bentley like, but I do know for a fact that, um, I do know for a fact that I, you know, had conversations about those guys. You know, guys like that are willing to uh, decline booking and, you know, and, and bust their ass and do practically anything that, that they're asked of. That should be enough to be an exception to the rule, and I was yes. disagreed with, you yeah. know, with, with and that's me take that take me and Shane out of the equation because I, you know that you know that's my home, and I'm always going to respect that. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to agree with everything. I ain't got no fucking tip, and I'm never going to have one. Yeah. However, however, when you got guys, you know, what I'm saying that are as loyal as a Reed Bentley and John Wayne Murdoch, that oh yeah, take the one, and, and you know, what I'm saying like you're taking food away from their mouth, and, and then they're coming out giving everything they got. I mean, that's not a time that you don't see those. I don't know. I don't get nothing against them. I don't give a shit. Yep. But that should be an exception to the rule when guys work that hard for you. And that's my only point of that. I'll just leave it there. Oh, that's you okay. Know? Hey, I wanted you to be able to have that forum to say that where people could hear you and where without having someone else go, oh, well, the counterpoint is this, counterpoint is that. Because really, this is you saying how you feel. Yes. What's the counterpoint, though? I mean, and that's me taking myself out of the question. You know, say these fellas know me, so I don't have to. Exactly. Like I, um, I, I, I'm a firm believer in freedom of choice. That's the whole thing, you know, that, that, that makes America what it is. And sometimes the fans get put in the middle of that. When two companies are running wrestling shows on the same night that share the same fan base, man, a competition's supposed to be good, but all they're doing is splitting the door. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it seems almost like you would want, you know. Have fun 
made a move, and I want the people to know this. Anytime I've made any type of move that's never been on my own accord, yes, I have my own opinion, yes, I have my own feelings on things, but I do the right thing if I call my veteran, and I ask for that. No, I won't name drop right now because it's not important, but I call my veterans, I call guys that's pioneered and that is taught me and that I have respect for to be like, hey, Am I going about this the right way? And I'll say it. I'll drop names. I don't care. You're talking about guys like Bull Payne. You're talking about guys like Frank uh, Mellon's American Kickboxer. You're talking about guys like Terry Pusky. You're talking about guys like Harry Palmer. You're talking about guys that have been in the business and faced these situations before. I'm sorry. I know you didn't want me to do that, but I think these guys deserve credit. Go ahead. I credit where credit is due. I'll tell you on that. I just wasn't trying to be one of those guys that just come out and name drop for the sake of name drop. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, I got to sell some fucking shirts, and we need to name drop as much as we can, <laughs> right. though. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, man, you know, any type of move I made, anything I say, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the people, you can't do shit without the people that's good. No. You can't be that girl just like I can't be Isaiah, PWF can't be PWF, either they can't be either way without the people. Yes. You cannot create conflict within the people. You're supposed to be able to provide the people what they want. Yeah, the thing that bothers me, and I'm not gonna, this is one thing I won't name names on because actually it's been a while and I've heard people, you know, they've already got, got hurt, got uh, repercussions for this. But when I see, hear a promoter come out and they, they, they spend so much money on their, on, their, on their show and then there's a light crowd. They want to look at the fans and go, oh, well, maybe you should have brought more friends. Or maybe you should, you know, like, come on, man, are you being serious right now? Or I've heard wrestling can't sustain, this area can't sustain that kind of a show. Okay, this is a wrestling town, bro. This right. has been wrestling in this right. in, in Louisville since the 40s. I mean, uh, shit, places are turning into I mean, look, and let's be honest, business is business. So, you know, yes. with, with Facebook, Twitter, and all the different things that are available nowadays, there's no reason why business promoters, guys who run a show, should not be able to get enough word out there to where they can pull people, to guilt people in who are already paying to get into your show and then guilt them, you know, yes. that, that doesn't seem like the right way to approach it at all. I mean, No, it, I, that's, a, I don't think you should ever try to split fans. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're against what someone else is doing, that's fine. You have, this is a, this is America. You stand up and say, hey, me as a promoter, I don't like that guy as a promoter for this reason or whatever. That's fine. But don't sit there and, and say, okay, I don't like that guy, so you shouldn't either. Right, right. You know, to me, that's mob mentality bullshit. Fucking, you know. You can't, you can't inherit somebody else's heat because of fan business. You know, I just recently went to a seminar, and I will name drop this because it was one of the best seminars me and Shane ever been to in our life. We went back to talk about Jamie Noble this week. Shout out for oh. Jake Oman for hooking us up. Fuck with yeah. Um, you know, they provided, you know, you know, food, protein shakes for the boys and stuff like that. And the arena, they run out of the in Indianapolis. But, uh, you know, he told us straight up, you know, you got to be nice to everybody. You know, uh, the reason why you got to be nice to everybody is because those same people you step on the way up are the same ass you're going to kiss on the way down. You know, and, 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 not, and not just for that sake, but just for the sake of having some type of respect. Because you never know this, you know, when you're going to need those people. You, never, you know, and then somebody had made a post, uh, regardless of heat, that you never know when you're getting in life. And if we're, not, if we're not paying attention to what's going on now, man, I mean, 
Right. Yeah. It seems like it would make more sense to have everybody, you know, I mean, obviously maybe there are going to be certain situations where you're going to bump heads, but, I mean, there could definitely be a situation where you're both getting paid and your guys are getting experience. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're even getting to a broader fan base because this show's closer to these people compared to this show is closer to different people. So all the way across the board, both companies could really use it to their benefit. So, yeah, to try to make people pick and choose, you're going to really turn people off probably a lot more than you're going to get loyalty out of it, I would think. There's probably 75 to 100 people in this area that when they know about a certain show and it has talent on it, they're going to go and support. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's... Probably another probably 40 to 50 floating people, which will go to an OVW show or go to an IWA show or go to, you know, but they may go to a different you know, show. The, 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 the problem, saturation of, you know, I, I hate to use the word shitty feds, but there is some shit feds in this area still. Right. That, no offense, they, the only reason that they, it's a friend, friends and family fucking crowd, they have 35 people in their, in their audience, they have... The, also got to remember, Dave, that some of these shows that people call shit shows are guys that used to be around the quality shows that either been shit on or felt like they weren't good enough, or somebody's wronged them or worked them in some type of way. They felt like, well, damn, we got to create our own thing so that we can have a sanctuary of freedom to where we don't have to have this type of drama and bullshit around. So, yeah. yeah, you know, you can call them, you can call them hobby guys, you can you can call them shitties or whatever like that. But these are all people that we all love the same thing. We're just not going about it the right way in order to share that mutual love and to teach each other in order to elevate the mind frame and elevate the quality of wrestlers and wrestling in this area. It's ridiculous. It's 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 hard, man. And it, I, I explained to my sons because the main reason I got back into wrestling was because of my kids. It really was. Um, and and right. no offense, that and J C Bailey passing away. That was the two things that the catalyst of we would just start dip our toes a little bit into it. All of us back in like 2009 we went to like some LCW shows and stuff like that, and then that, then uh, uh, Mike Daddy Mike Ewing ran that first D1W show, and then from then on, man, we got to see that's the last time I seen JC Bailey alive, and and all of us that came back together, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. there was there was a uh, and remember, everybody was at that. Oh, uh, I remember Daniel sitting in the crowd. Daniel Quinn sitting in the crowd going. Dude, I, I'm not done. I'm ready to go back. You know what I'm saying? I want to wrestle did, some right more. Yeah, that. he came yeah, back to right. D1W for a while. Yeah, so you, right. him and Isaiah, if you did. That positive energy is just as infectious as the negative that you see that can linger and stuff around. I mean, it, you know, it, it can be obvious if, if people take the time to think for themselves and ask the right questions, you can give yourself the right answers. You don't need Google. Yep. You just ask yourself the right question. Now, for example, my phone's about to die, so I'm going to get this out here. Okay. Um, you know, this week everybody knows that Mickey Knuckles got married. Beautiful thing, probably one of the best times I've had in my life because it wasn't a wrestling event, but it brought wrestling family together from all different places. You know, oh, Jim yeah. Fannin came. You know, I got to sit there and chop up with, with Jim Fannin at the reception. Oh, that's awesome. Just, you know, not talk about wrestling anything, but just, you know, just to kind of shoot the shit, you know. And then you had guys from uh, the Tennessee that come up, you know, that was a part of the wedding. You had, you know, guys from all different places, all in one mutual umbrella. Yeah, we're all the boys. We're all wrestlers. Yep. So it wasn't like we were sitting there talking about all oh, this, that, this, this, that, that. No, no. Mm, no. So it was just about being there and enjoying those moments because those moments are fleeting. You're never going to get those moments back. So why waste it on this drama and a bunch of men acting like women when yep. we can all be making money? You know, <laughs> the first time between and slavery. And, you know, you just you have to be able to reward people in the proper ways and keep them motivated. Without their proper morale, people, people will see for what they're, you know, People will see things what they are oh, and yeah. they only talk for themselves. Yes, I'm I'm looking forward to, to to calling your match this Friday. I'm also looking forward to hearing from, from my friends 
that are going to go check out the other show. There's no animosity from me towards towards any any fed around here. You know what I'm saying? And I know it's the same way. Yeah, exactly. Mother's Day to you. I hope you had a good derby. I sent the pics with you. Happy Mother's Day. Make future tell your wife happy Mother's Day. Um, you know, and, and, and guys, you know, I'll leave y'all with this. Uh, nothing's unfixable in this business. Um, there, there's nothing ever set in stone because the business is evolving. Nothing ever stays the same. The only thing that ever stays the same is the fleeting of time and change. So, when you're around people and around the boys, don't just holler brother, 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 sister, sister, sister. Act like that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, break some rip to the table. And if you do get beef in the locker rooms, bring your shit up in the middle of the show. Bring yep. your shit up around the boys so that way nobody's talking behind each other and have to put up some little Facebook posts. Yeah, and, and, and you are the loudest motherfucker one typing on Facebook is the one drawing the less money and getting paid the less. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like I said, I, it's a it's a hard line between being a fan and, and you know I just I try to commentate, try to have this little podcast, have fun. But in heart, man, I'm a fan, man. I, you know, I, I I come to shows because I enjoy it, bring my kids, and so. People wouldn't have made that trip to, to Jamie Noble. They've been like, "Oh man, what do I need to go there for?" Right. It shows that you're still trying to learn and evolve your craft. You know what I'm saying? That dude. I'm the old man of the class, and I enjoyed it. I, I like being able to start over and just be the rookie or just be a guy, or whatever. Like that. it keeps you learning. You're never going to be bigger than the next guy. It's, it's a pecking order thing. Oh yeah. And I, and I love my place in the pecking order. I love to humble myself. And a veteran comes to my locker room, I get up and get out of my chair, and I bring it over to their area. And I'm like, here you go, sir. You know what I'm saying? It's just a little thing, man. And that's all I want to do. That's right, man. I will see you Friday, sir. Thank you for coming on the Back Row Hecklers again. We appreciate it, and I will see you soon, sir. Love you guys. Peace out. All right, Isaiah. All right, that was Isaiah. Normally at this time I'd be like, all right, we're going to take a break and pay some bills. But uh, seeing as uh, our sponsor, Headlock Gear, was already on here pitching our shirt, we don't need to do that. Um, the one th- I want to talk about something that – We've we've covered like the the uh, oh just just because we did cover Isaiah Murder One is going to be at PWF this Friday night. Yeah, you can look him up on Facebook under Isaiah's Facebook. You know you know where where it is. Uh, but uh, Timmy Lou Retton is coming to take on Shane Mercer, the Spring Street Suicide Squad against Team IOU. Uh, there's a three way dance that's going to open a show that may steal the show 
Trip Casty, Adrian Amore, and I want to say uh, Joe Black. It's I mean, there's a the card stacked, and uh, I will be ringing down. So I'm not ringing down. So I'll be commentating for that show with Big Zoe, and um, I just want everybody to know, you know, if you choose to come to the show, that's fine. But across the street at the Kogay Gym, returning to the Kogay Gym, IWA Mid South returns with their big show, simply the best ten. The main event, Chris Hero against Unbreakable Michael Elgin. Oh, wow. Yeah. The semi-main event is Jonathan the Octopus Gresham against Matt Money Cage, which in my eyes has quite the possibility of being match of the year. It definitely could still show me match of the night. The main event of that show for the world IWA World Heavyweight title, and I call it a World Heavyweight title because Congo Kong did defend that belt everywhere he went, will be the reigning champ Reed Bentley taking on John Wayne Murdoch. And they're... They're the main event. Those guys are going to try to make sure that they outdo, according to, uh, this is quoting Ian Rotten, of course, from his Facebook page, but those guys are going to try to go out there, and I believe this in my heart, they're going to try to outdo both the other main events that I named. So It'll be hard to do. It's going to be hard to do. But, but that's, a good, that's a nice idea to have about it, you know what I'm saying? Yes, that's, that's, that's what, the that's, attitude. Yeah. When, when you were coming up, when you were when you were being trained, uh, we, we like I tell people before, we didn't have the money to do fifteen hundred dollars to go to a wrestling school, right? You know, right. Um, our buddy Jeremy pretty much got a free ride, and so he would come back and tell us the stuff he learned. Yeah, and yeah. we practice in the ring, the ring rentals, and I told the story about our very first ring rental. Um, the first time we ever went, I remember we went, and I remember what the bump was you took, but you took a bump. Yeah, you hit your head. It was just a bump. It, yeah. I mean, it, it, but at that point, we didn't know how. No, you know, and and yeah, my expectation was, man, I've been watching wrestling for years now. This is gonna be, it's gotta be easy. These guys take how many bumps in the match? Mm-hmm. Fifteen, twenty bumps in the match. It's got to be light. Nah, yep. he hit his head. Hurt. He was hurt out. bad. He was out for a while. I do want to correct you. I did get back up and get in the ring. I, I just didn't take another bump. <laughs> <laughs> Not a real because, bump anymore. because I did run the ropes. I played around the ropes and stuff, but um. You know what? Like I, I think you can, you can, you understand what I'm saying. That when we left, we we had a feeling though. We was like, man, we've been in the ring. Oh yeah, we've been in the ring, and we would. All I knew then is I wanted more of it. You know, I wanted to be in the ring more, and we went on to have lots of different rings. We went to like Joe Bailey's ring, and then we went to. I remember going to Danny's ring, and the first time I was in it. It felt so hard. You remember we was like, yeah. oh, it was so terrible, so hard. Yeah. And we thought Ian's was bad. And everybody's like, Ian's is like a bed. It's so easy. It's so, so easy like right. a bed. So just people telling us that, the next time we went to Ian's, I remember we were taking like these crazy bumps. Do you remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were like, uh, I was like trying to jump up as high as I could to take the bump. And I was like, man, they're right. This is an easier and, one. And, I mean, I may be wrong, but did he not? I mean, he had some times where the ring was different, too, right? Or at least oh, it yeah, was yeah. like when we first was... started, and yeah. then as we kind of used it more and more, it was. Yeah, the ring was hit. The ring he had at that time, the middle of it caved in a little bit. And it was pretty sweet, man. And oh, it was like God. hitting. If you hit right in the middle of that ring, it wasn't like a, like a regular bump. No, the outside edges of Danny's ring in OVW when he was on fucking Mechanic Street. Jesus Christ! What man, about the like bolt in the middle of the ring, like on the kind of off to the side? You remember, yeah. like there was always a spot. Not always, but yeah. at least for a couple of times we went there. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. I remember there was a guy. His name was Magnum. He wrestled for BBW. Oh man! And there was a guy named Buzzkill, and Buzzkill was like me, but he was taller and a little bit more goofier, and a little more, a little less coordinated than I was. Not a little that, less. You're yeah, being generous, it, but yeah. Yeah, he was a lot less. I mean, I, I always say... He's a good guy, but... Yeah, he was yeah, a nice he, guy. I always say I wasn't as coordinated as the other people. I wasn't a natural athlete. Like, don't get me wrong. 
Like, you played basketball. You was an athletic person. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you could out and do something. And even Charlie. Charlie played basketball, yeah. oh, and yeah. he was athletic. And um, Jeremy, shit, Jeremy, that, that kid won the toy ball. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Back oh, in yeah. the day. Has single-handedly won the toy ball for Santa Rita. So, I mean, and people were like, what the hell is a toy ball? It was a football contest for a uh, for a K through 6th grade school, but it was a big thing in Louisville back in the day. And um, But Jay Prodigy, uh, Nathan Future, Richard X, Chris Class, um, a lot of people remember referee Brent Charles. All these guys came from Isaiah. Isaiah, all these I guys. I mean, although he was in before us, but yeah. I mean. He went to, he kind of went, uh, you know, the thing I wanted to ask you is out of, what did you take away? One thing is that people don't understand also, you got in the ring with quite a few people that they didn't understand. You had longer than just a couple matches. You had a match against Wolfie D. Yeah. You know, for PG-13. That, that was a wild match, too, man. Yeah, because Wolfie like, was drunk as Al shit in the back, yeah. boy. He was three sheets of the wind. It was during that time he was doing the Slash gimmick. Yep. Yeah, it was. I remember Roland came out talking to me, and he was like, half this fucking locker room. He goes, Wolfie came in, and he was upset, and he was talking to Ian, and he was like, well, just calm down. We'll find you something. You know, we'll get your spot. It's okay. You know, because Ian always liked Wolfie, and Wolfie was a cool dude. And, and he wasn't, he wasn't like, all drugged out or anything like some of his other tag team partners. He, but he was probably drinking and everything. And I remember Roland told me Cashflow was getting dressed. And Wolfie looked up and he was like, look at that guy, man. Because, you know, he knew him because Roland went to OVW school and trained there for a while. Before oh, that's there. right. I before forgot. He yeah, came yeah. To, before he came to there, he went to OVW. He said he dated a girl in high school or something. And as soon as they broke up, he went straight and signed up for OVW. When he was turning out Tasman, we hated him so bad. Oh my! We gave him God, such nat- such did. bad heat. We cussed him so bad. So and let he, me ask you: So did he did he do that before the tornado Taz thing? Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. It was because yeah. it seemed like there was a transition from where he was tornado Taz, and I know obviously as you yes. get older and you you kind of you work, you're going to get better. But yeah. it he seemed got, like it's something changed. You know, rolling hard. Well, I think believe it or not, I think I think at that time, um, not to not to give two people credit, but Jeremy. And Eric Moore, Harry Palmer, both at the same time kind of went yeah. up. Cash Flow was the first guy, then Harry Palmer. Yeah. And then right after that, Jeremy. And I think uh, Lenny, Roland, trained with those dudes quite a bit. You know? Okay. And, right. uh, and, this, and I tried to, I was talking to Mitch Page before, and um, Mitch came along in the Total Eclipse days. That's when he was, uh, it was uh, a little yeah, bit later. So. He was just training at the Kmart building. He wasn't, Mitch didn't make his debut until after the Kmart building days were done. Right, He made right. his, he made his uh, debut at the, uh, um, I want to say it was some other state or whatever, but for IWA, it w- was at the Colgate building. And, um, like, when I, t- when I talked to Tarek, I remember Tarek telling me about him wrestling Jeremy. But, like, what did you take away from your experience with IWA? I know that you separated your shoulder, and it was like, okay... You didn't have the surgery. To this day, it probably still gives you problems when... Yeah, a little bit. You know, every once in a while. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I don't know. I, it was a situation where... Uh, I didn't have to have surgery with it, though. Just some physical therapy. So, luckily, it wasn't yeah. too bad. But, yeah, that was enough for me, though. I was like, all right, so I'm going to have to rehab this. And I'm going to go back. And then am I going to just do this full-time and try to make that happen? Or yeah. am I kind of done with it? And, it? It was funny, too, because I remember Brent... Charles, Brent Blades, one of the senior referees, like he was always like, Oh, Nick's so good. He's, he can be the best of him. And I remember this is a fact. Ian Rodden came to me personally after he you had your singles match, and I thought he killed you with the fucking Dragonplex. Oh, man. I thought he killed you. You know, ironically enough, that, that wasn't even one of like the that, things. Yeah, he said it The thing hurt. that hurt probably the most the whole match For is, 
Uh, what? Refrigerator door? No, no, okay. not even that. Okay. Uh, he, uh, it was early in the match, too, like first couple of minutes trying to get the match going. Uh, he pulled the, the skull cap over my face and smacked me right in my fucking face. <laughs> and I thought when he hit me, I was like, he just punched me. Like, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you're it working. It was open hand smack, but right. it, yeah. And I was, yeah. I mean, that, that was the worst thing. Yeah, you saw black for a minute, didn't you? Like, I almost went Oh, out. shit. He, he, he I, I remember, I, like a dumbass, they were talking about how hard his, how he liked to throw um, European uppercuts like Regal Forms and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and nowadays you see it common but we're, I'm talking 20 years ago we're talking 1997 here 98 yeah, maybe yeah. and like a dumbass in the middle of a seminar you know I was the, the dumb kid who wanted to try to be the, the, the hard ass so I was like I'll take one <laughs> god damn he hit me man and I swear he probably he, he, afterwards he told me he hit me with about three quarters of what he had and my knees buckled and I had to grab the top rope right away down. Yeah. And I, I, got, I got black. I saw black for a minute. And <laughs> I've never been knocked out. I'm glad to say that I took chairs to the head. I've been I've been hit with some heavy, heavy hands. And I've never I've never took them. But that was the closest I ever came to getting knocked out was an Ian Rotten fucking European uppercut, man. He fucking rattled my teeth. I wish I had a mouth guard in. And I'll tell you just to step in a minute because you mentioned cash flow. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, one of, the, one of the best things about IW I can remember was always the kind of... And I guess what is I'm thinking about, these were most of the guys that Ian would have trained or mm-hmm. maybe at least finished up training or yeah. something like that. But, like, you know, with, with Blaze, Phoenix, Cashflow, Mitch, yeah. all these guys that he brought in, obviously there was some level of a feud. They worked several <laughs> matches together to where, you know, the the guy who's being trained gets these huge spots. Cashflow hitting a leg drop off of, what, two or three Story balcony oh, at third base, right, yeah, right, yeah. And then I, Ian, I told Cash, I said that was twenty years, fifteen years ago, and there ain't ten people around that still remember that. Me and oh, you man. were there, man. Oh, yeah. guys, one of the best. I mean, as far as I can remember, although there were some great spots that you know, uh, kickboxer and Tarek back in the okay off the building. top of the fucking concession stand, right? The that uh, where he hit his head and started. He did twitching. another one off of the um, uh, off of the garage door they had in yes. there. Oh God, I remember when Two Tough Tony at the thing did the uh, the, the corkscrew plancha yes. through the table. Oh, of yeah. so, I mean, like, people don't give Tony the credit credit or credit. You know, the arena where they're having that PWF show. That's Tony's gig. He runs that. That's, oh, really? Yeah, Tutu Tony owns that. He runs it. That's pretty it. cool. I mean, I think he's a co-owner with somebody else, or he rents it or whatever, but I'm, I know he's the one in charge of that. And he treats us like gold, man. Big shot. Go to the arena, have your kid's birthday party there, man. It's right across the bridge in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Um, you can look that up. But like I said, um, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and bash one product or the other. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, go to IWA or oh, go to PWF. Go to what cards you think is going to be best for your money. You know, go support who you want to support. Just support somebody. Don't be like, oh, I'm not going to go to either one. Some people get mad and say, you know, well, the, the, the promoter shouldn't put us in that situation. Well, you know, it's not our decision of when they decide to run or when they don't decide to run. Well, I think there's a couple of ways to look at it. And I was going to step in real quick because what you're talking about is, I, want you I mean, to step in. from a business perspective, you got to, I mean, sure, if there are certain circumstances and you can't avoid it, but, you know, hearing the cards and hearing it match up, it's like it's really kind of disappointing as a fan because it's like, you know, you've got matches on both shows that you would really like to see, you know. Yes. And other than, you know, the avenues that you've got to buy, the DVDs or whatever, you know, I understand you got that, but it's like some, sometimes you want to be there. Oh, yeah, definitely you want to be there live for both those. There's matches on both those shows that if you're not there live, you're going to hear from somebody else about how good the match right. is. And it's and not I'm like... I'll tell you this right now. Aaron Williams versus Chip Day has a chance of being the best match on any either one of those shows. People are going to say, oh, you're crazy. It's not going to be better than Hero and Elgin. It probably won't be, but 
who are you to say that in your opinion, it isn't or it is. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's a Wrestling different way is subjective. To get to that. Yeah, yeah, there's a different way to get to that. Obviously, when you got a guy like Hero, you automatically have this built-in expectation. Exactly. This hype. Name you know. value. Right, right. Michael Elgin. Jesus Christ, Michael Elgin's been in New Japan half the year. Former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. You know what I'm saying? Both those guys have been guests on the back of our uh-huh. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, um, the nobody, not a lot of people know about Chip Day. Him and, him and Chase Owens had a fantastic match in the last PWF show. And Aaron Williams runs in Ohio, out of Ohio. That is, I want to say he is the stepson or son-in-law of Al Snow. But he doesn't broadcast it because he doesn't want, you know. But the guy can go. When D1W, I went to a couple of D1W shows just to see this kid. And I say kid, he's been around a long time. But um, he is, uh, he's up there. He runs with the Ohio for Killers. He runs with Jake and Dave Chris. Um, He's Him and Ron Mathis had a feud for a long time. He's a rock star pro. I think it's his home base now. And Aaron Williams can go. There is a picture from two years ago of him taking, I don't know what he took off the top rope, but dude landed square on his neck in the middle of these two chairs. Oh, and wow. it was disgusting. And so him and Chip Day could very very well be the match of the night at PWF. And it could be, be you know, uh, matches at IWA. But I'm telling you right now, for the money, I hate to say this because I'm going to be at the other show commentating, but... I really want to see Jonathan Gresham versus Matt Cage. Yeah. Money Matt Cage is probably one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world right now. He is so good. I remember Brent Blades in like 2011 saw my D1W. He came running over to me. He goes, what's that dude right there's name? I was like, Matt Cage. He goes, I love him. He's fucking good. <laughs> and he awesome. walked away. But we're going to get Brent Blades on here. You heard Isaiah talk about Jim Fannin. I'm trying to get Jim Fannin on here. Um... I've got to give a shout-out real quick to Mitch Page, John Gray, and Andrew Hunter. They run the Real Side of Wrestling uh, podcast on Thursday nights. It's on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Go to John Gray's website, uh, Facebook site. You'll be able to find it. Mitch Page has been hosting that. He's been doing a goddamn great job with it. He had B.J. Whitmer and Randy West on there last week. Um, I caught in just to listen to it. But... I have to get to that because Mitch is a unique individual for sure. Like he's, if you sit and talk to Mitch Page he's about wrestling, kind, he's, you're gonna hear some shit. And I'll tell you what, he will make you fucking. He's one of the funniest dudes. Yeah, yeah. and his humor is not. It's one of those guys where you either love him or you look at him like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Right, sometimes you know. Right, right. And I absolutely adore Mitch Page. I, um, I think that me and him have have, have become a little bit more compadres. Um, than we did, especially after he got hurt and everything, and he told me that it sounded like headlock, headlock gear, and uh, I was like, man, that that's that's cool because uh, I remember when I remember back in the day when his son was born. I mean, when them talking about how he was getting ready, you know, the, uh, uh, and now he has another a, a, a younger son who's only like a year and a half or whatever. But um, definitely listen to that podcast. Listen to all the wrestling podcasts that are out there. Um, Nathan Future, I know you don't really have a You're just now getting back into the groove of watching. You're mainly a WWE guy. Right. We talked about this beforehand. Yeah. I mean, you don't really catch keep up with the indies and stuff like you used to. I mean, we was going to Indianapolis back in the day. Um, every now and then we make little road trips up there, 2011-ish. Uh, yeah. We saw Insanity Pro. We saw Sammy Callahan. We saw lots of uh, the Ohio 4K. Um, the guy that's on uh, Uha Nation who became uh, Apollo Crews. Apollo is Apollo Cruz. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah well, the NXT, we, you know that um, we seen all those guys back then, 
And so that's the same kind of feel nowadays. You're getting you're getting these guys in IWA Mid South and in PWF. These are the guys that you're going to see in NXT in a couple of years. Yeah, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan again. Although um, it was annoying at the time, and every every time since then, you definitely you definitely called. Uh, Dean Ambrose, a uh, long time ago, for sure. Uh, we, at the J.C. Belly Memorial Show, I've told the story a million times, but it's, I swear to God, it's true. <clears throat> Homer and Sweet are sitting over there, and John Moxley walks out. And he and as soon as he walks out, he has on the explicit trunks, and he gets in the ring with Danny Havoc. And, like, he's just a different level than everybody else we had seen that day. And we had seen Sammy Callahan. We had seen Toby Klein. We had seen a whole bunch of good people. We've seen, rest in peace, brain damage. Beat the living shit out of a... Um, John Barker, God, what's his name? Brendan Prophet, in a three-way. We seen Iron Demon Shane Mercer, a young Iron Demon Shane Mercer. He was in the opener with Isaiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a Tarek the Legend, who Tarek the Great, he was there. But I, I remember going over to Homer and Two Sweet. Those are some friends of ours, and they was like, "What was that?" I come back, I was like, "That dude right there, man. He wrestles in CZW. His name is John Moxley. He's gonna be a fucking star, man. That dude's gonna be big one day." And I remember you going, "He's all right." <laughs> but you know he can't give me my credit. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the way we are. We don't. We don't. We don't give each other credit. We like to bust each other the balls more than anything else. That was the thing about it. But um, no, nah, I mean he was. You know, you could tell he was good. Um, but yeah, no, nah, you were just over the top with it. So it's kind of like <laughs> he's like you were a little bit on his nuts, a little bit too much. It's kind of like back in the day when I was a huge Jordan fan, and you were always everybody else's fan other than Jordan in the finals. It was like, <laughs> oh, Barkley's in the finals. I'm a Barkley fan. Oh, oh the, oh, the Shaquille O'Neal's in the league. I'm gonna go for them while they're going to the finals. Hey, to, to, to be fair, though, I was a I was a Shaquille O'Neal fan back when he played for the Magic's with Penny Hardaway. That's true. No, that's I true. was before he jumped to the Lakers, and everybody and the mother jumped on his bandwagon and everything else. And I was one of the guys when Kobe Bryant came out. Everybody shit on him. I was like, Kobe's good. Yeah. But I, I swear to God, I don't watch basketball anymore. I don't watch hoop. I don't. I watch UFC. Um, I don't really watch football, man. It's just your mom. <laughs> Speaking hey, of Mother's man. Day, Stacey K. It's not Stacey K. Sue K. Gave me the best example ever of football. When she was like, she they come over and, and Jeremy's trying to get her watching UK football game. She's like, I'm not watching that shit. Why? <laughs> she goes, because here's football. Run, fall down. Run, fall down. That's all you see. <laughs> yeah. She goes, you may see the ball fly in the air, but the guys run and fall down. She goes, that's exactly what a football game is. And it's very simple as form. And, and, and I started cracking up because I was like, damn, she hit the nail. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And I was a pretty big football fan at the time. I was, a, I was on Brett Favre at that time. Yeah, let's say Packers. I, I like the that. Packers, boy. But, you know, um, and we usually talk about movies and video games and stuff like that on here, too. Um, I did take the boys to see Civil War. How was it? Oh, dude, it was fantastic. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but there really is no spoilers to give away. Only one, really, and I'm not going to give it away. Um, Doc wants me to be on Frackin' Nerds Tuesday to, to discuss it with him, so uh, tune in to Frackin' Nerds. If you don't, it's a Doc Mont production. Uh, we used to be under that, that umbrella. We still kind of are because Doc still helps us out occasionally when we need him to, so uh, and I do thank him for the first 60-something episodes. Um, but... The main reason, I keep going back to this, the main reason I wanted to bring you on here today, Nick, is because I wanted people to understand that no matter if you have a cup of tea with wrestling or if you, you know, you like it and you don't like it, like we got friends who don't watch wrestling at all anymore, you know, and mm-hmm. 20 years ago, dude, every pay-per-view was all together watching wrestling. That's what we did, you know, and I, I don't, I don't watch as much as I used to, but I still try to watch it, you know. Enough to keep up, and enough. I'm more of an independent guy than I am a WWE guy. Um, what do you miss about 
the WWE and watching, you know, and being involved in the Monday Night Wars and things, what do you miss? I mean, now that you're starting to watch it again, is there anything that you're like, man, back then it was more than this than that? Was it a camaraderie thing, you think? Um, I mean, as far as just watching it, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the, you know me, I'm definitely not a PC kind of guy, so that oh, yeah. whole thought process is kind of obnoxious, you know, and how they went real kind of G, which I understand why they do it. You know, they got to try to appeal to, to make money. Mm-hmm. So I get the bottom line thing, but I, I guess I saw an article somewhere where they are trying to do more kind of edgier, going more towards the attitude stuff. And yeah, like I guess NXT's kind of doing that a little bit, but not a lot. I mean, NXT, you're still seeing like, like Mike's explanation about Lucha Underground and NXT's was when you see a squash match in Lucha Underground, it's four guys. And they may not even be like jobbers or anything. Right. And they're all going to get their spots in. Right. But then they're going to put over that fourth guy who's the star of the thing. Right. If you see Baron Corbin come out of NXT, most likely he's going to squash the duties again. Yeah, and you know, it's ironic you said that because I, like I told you, you know, first time I've watched really either. I mean, I've been recording them. I just, I never turned them on. And I was like, I'm yeah. going to check them out. And I saw him and it's just that whole idea of guys. And I guess, again, just to get the big guy over, they got to do it. But man, that whole idea of just a guy coming out and just destroying them. I mean, I guess it's kind of like, you know, what we grew up watching, yeah. though, because I can remember back here, it was the always the warrior. star versus the jobber, you know, the yeah. guy who, you know, you don't even know his name, so you know he's going to lose as soon when as he When you got a good back-and-forth match, it was like Steamboat and Savage at WrestleMania 3 or yeah, something like that, or yeah. Bret Hart and Austin. But that's WrestleMania, so you got to expect yeah. they got to turn that up. But I guess that's one thing that's changed a lot is, you know, now it's it's star versus star. and But, yeah, when I watch it, it's like half of the people coming out, I don't even know who they are. But then you watch him, and it's like it's got the newer feel to it. So it, it kind of looks a lot less like what WWE is or what it used to be. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's still got the restraints because of TV, but, I mean, you see a lot of different stuff now than, than what you saw before. I think it's good because they have so many different guys that were in the indies now. Right. That are there, and so the, the caliber of entering work is better. Right, It's exactly. definitely better than it used to be. Um, there's, there's boom periods. You know? yeah. I mean, like like some people would never watch wrestling no matter what anyway. But there's boom periods. Like, definitely, like, 84 when Hogan won the belt. A lot of people are not going to remember that because they were, you were ooh, three, or, three four, or four years three. old. So you don't remember that. But you remember six, seven years old having your Hulk Hogan dolls, you know? Oh, and yeah. you remember the Ultimate Warrior. But then in 96, when ECW hits and WCW and Hogan turns heel. NWO. That was yeah. one of the biggest things. That, was that, 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 was that, that made a boom period where people... That don't watch wrestling would talk about wrestling or we go involved in wrestling and people have been talking about a boom period coming for years and years like we everybody thought when CM Punk sat on there in the right. 2011 and it kind of did a little bit yeah but. it kind of felt like it would a little bit but you know it never panned out like the next pay-per-view was back to the same old well, shit well I think it's partly because of what made him so great was kind of the downfall of him being like the guy you know he's so anti yeah. the whole Hulk Hogan John Cena yeah. persona that you know, that's what got him over, but then it's like, it's, well, I'm not about to be on TV shows. He had the shirt on, yeah. Yeah, I'm not about to be on TV shows. I'm not going to go around and parade myself around. Yes. But I'll go out there and I'll put on a hell of a show and work the stick better than anybody. Hell yeah. Um, I, I know we're going to wrap this up. Before we wrap this up, the, the main, the, I keep saying this, uh, I've been alluding to it the whole time. The main reason is because we have the Back Row Hecklers. That's, that's the podcast that I've got going right now, and it's been going for a while, but... I want to let you guys know that there's going to be a new podcast coming under the uh, the Locke family. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> there's a new podcast coming, and uh, it, it, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be really good. Um, uh, we're working the titles in progress and everything, 
But the man sitting next to me is going to be the guy at the helm of it. I'm just going to come and help with what I can. But um, there's lots of things going on in this world right now that uh, a lot of people are oblivious to. You know what I'm saying? And I hate to, to try to sound better than that or smarter than anything because I don't know that much about this stuff. But the two people sitting at this table do. I mean, that's something that both of you guys, you see stuff that I've seen you both point out to me. And I'm like, man, you know, not just about GMOs, not just about false flags, not just about, quote, air quote, I'm doing the air quotes, conspiracy theory things. Right. There's things that are facts that yeah. people need to wake up and realize. And so that's what this pod, the next podcast is going to be about. And you guys are going to help. She's yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like me? She's like, I haven't spoke a word. <laughs> but um, I definitely think that the, you guys have way more knowledge on that. And I'm going to be the one sitting here going, what? No. <laughs> Let me look and see. Let me look right, and see, right. you know. Um, because I've I've followed both of you guys on Facebook and I see stuff. And it's from simple stuff to where big pharmacy the issues. You know, me being having back surgery and having issues with um, my wife having issues with medicines where she took them and two days later her tongue swelled out of her face, you know? Right. And she had to like, and I, we have a, I have a friend on Facebook who got, who took Lyrica for like two months and had these terrible, almost death-like symptoms from it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, and I mean, it's just, it's, there's a whole big thing about, you know, you guys know more about that kind of thing than me and some people, it may not be an audience for everybody, but I think a lot of people, if you want to tune in, you're going to listen and I think we can even line up some guests that, like, I know you have family members that are interested in this. I know Dylan. Yeah. You yeah, talked about, Dylan. you know, he's a, and then, uh, uh, Rico. Rico. Let's get ready to say Dwayne Beatty, buddy. We're going to, you're going to call in. You're going to talk about some things because. Hey, Rico's you know, real intuitive and he's got a different perspective too on some things, which maybe he wouldn't necessarily. He may have a different talk. perspective because that guy's got a lot of money. Well, <laughs> that's I'm serious. People that have money have a different perspective. Well, that's what I was alluding to. There are some things that he's been not involved in, in you know, any yeah. illegal shit or anything, but no. stuff that maybe he wouldn't want to put out there, but that also gives a perspective because. He was telling me about some shit, and I was like, oh, well, you know, talking yes. about land grabs that are happening in different states and the government oh, trying to take places over. there's all kinds of things going on. And, and that stuff is right now, don't get me wrong, we can't talk about holistic doctors because if we do, somebody's going to die. Shit. And they, are, right. they are getting wiped off right and left. And I know some people write it off as, oh, well, that, that person's a kook. Or, and believe you me, I've argued with Nick and been like, <laughs> did you sound like a maniac? How many have to die before it's? Oh, yeah, and it's just there's so much of that kind of stuff going on, and not just that, but that's going to be good conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the idea, too, that the whole term, actually, conspiracy theory, came from the government. I'm pretty sure it was the CIA who pushed it out that said, look, we're going to bring this term out for people who want to question the JFK assassination. Yes. So that phrase came because of the John Kennedy assassination, so it's like... Exactly. It's a way to immediately try to discredit somebody, so yeah, that's... And this is going to sound so terrible and racist to me, but I remember back in like the... the, 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 probably the mid-90s, your sister Stacy telling me, she's like, you know, well... What would you do if there was a black president? I was like, I wouldn't really care one or another. You know what right, I'm saying? I said, but right. I don't think that they would last four years in office. I think somebody would kill them right. because there's a lot of racism going on. I mean, the right. 90s was bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was really bad. And the fact that that never happened. I mean, you're not trying to say, oh, I'm sad he's alive. But <laughs> right. I was completely wrong. And, you know, and no offense, there's a chance we may have a woman president at the end of this right. year. There's a very good chance. We don't know. God but, will and hopefully not. And <laughs> <laughs> the creek don't rise. You know, but... But there's so much different things when it comes under that umbrella of conspiracy theories and not just about the GMOs in Monsanto, not just about holistic doctors and the big pharma, but about 
how television, media, these phones in our hands that are in everybody's hands all the time. Oh, yeah. I'm guilty as the next man, you know? I get mad if I'm in my car. I come to a stop sign and the light changes because I'm going to text somebody. It's right. so stupid that we're built in that way. So I'm going to get see if we get some time with you guys, and we're going to try maybe shooting for just once a month. Uh, we're gonna whenever, we're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna put that out there, and then um, I'll let you guys think of a name and name it. Um, I, I hope you guys are interested. So, like, something you want to do? Uh, you know, I love to talk about stuff all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I mean, uh, I want it to be something that that uh, I want to learn. I want to learn a few things because don't get me wrong, I'm better if you tell me something. Then if like if I start to read it and it's got like fifteen pop ups, I'm gonna start getting pissed off and be like, "Fuck this!" Like, read this <laughs> right, there was right. something the other night I was reading; it was really good. It was something that I think you had actually posted. It was about um, I want to say something about food. It was something to the effect of uh, of growing your own food or something. It was maybe a little while back, but I remember looking at it and then. They started getting some pop-ups, and I was like, damn. Uh, that's annoying yeah, shit yeah, right yeah. there. But you can't help it. You know, yeah, like, nah, some of those sites can't control are... the internet. Right, right. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. There's people going to come up and argue and be like, oh, well, you know, some of those people are just in it for the money. I'm sorry. Money makes the world go round. You know, more people oh, yeah. are uh, – the, the only thing that pe- more people have died in the history of this planet than money is God. That's yeah, the religion. only thing. Yeah, yeah religion, religion is the only thing that's killed more people in this world. Than money. And money. It's ironic, isn't it? And they're kind of intertwined. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. when we pass up Southeast Christian Church, I look at my son, and I'm like, you know, um, when when I have to sit in traffic for 10 minutes so they can get out on Sunday mornings, and I'm not trying to be negative, I just big organized religion I have a problem with, yeah, a major I mean, problem with. I think on the very simplest form, people have to look at it like it's it's just another way to be divided from other people. Like, oh, yeah. it's supposed to be a, this all-welcoming but in some way, shape, or form, your belief of your religion is different than another, yes. so therefore you're separated, yes. right? You can't unify completely because you've got these different beliefs. I look for, I look, I, I recommend everyone go watch the Going Clear Scientology documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but don't get me wrong, lots of those documentaries are steered to make you think a certain way. Right, right. I listened to the whole serial podcast, season one, right. and then I listened to the second part of that, well, I listened to the Undisclosed podcast. Well, that was run by the team to free it not. So right. anything that came out of that podcast was going to be, they, they found something that, that, that looked bad for him. It wasn't right. going to be. Right. But they were actually able to go ahead. And that's kind of part of it, you know. It's just... There's somebody here. Where they, there she is. You're going to say hi? Yeah. No, she's out of here. I thought we were going to But that's part parents. of it, though. Start a conversation, you know. And that's, yes. why I, that's why a lot of the shit I post, you know, it's just, it's about, you know, think about it. Look at it. Check it out. Because yes. what I've noticed is that, you know, because uh, a lot of people, I talk to them about it and things like that um, in a little bit, um, is, you know, there's always an event, something that's, that, that catches somebody's attention that kind of makes them think, well, hold on, let me start to look at this. What is... You know, so for a lot of people now, it's the whole voting thing, you know, people yeah. voting. And, and well, sometimes it's even cause and effect. People won't think about it until it affects right. them directly. And then right. they go looking for the cause of it. Right. You know, but um, seriously, it's something to think about. I, de- I definitely want, it's something I've been wanting to do. I want to uh, go out and do more podcasts. I've been wanting to do that for a while. And um, we talked about it briefly a long time ago, and we never did it. So I wanted to put you on the spot here live on there and tell you it's happening. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I appreciate uh, that, man. That's awesome. Did somebody touch my back with their shoe? <laughs> it's my hand. Oh, it was your hand instead of your shoe? It's funny how she wants attention, but then she runs away. That's okay, though. <laughs> Great being a kid. Hey, it's all right, though. Well, we are going to... Do you want to say bye to everybody? Can you say bye? Say bye. What? Because we're going to wrap up the... What kind of shoes are they? They're 
They're my uh, new shoes. They're that your. Uh, my, that my mama gave me. Can you can you say can you say the back row half glitch is the best podcast? You no, that's okay. Much. That's okay. That's a lot to say. Yes, she dances with the shoes over her head to be a child again. I swear. Right. But um, I just want to let everybody know the the whole point of a lot of this today was to let people know that you you can choose whatever you want to choose. Don't feel like you have to do what the masses tell you to do, and don't feel like you have to be the one to to be responsible for everybody else around you. You know what I'm saying? Be responsible for yourself. That's it. Yeah. I, I see people on social media be like, oh, well, if, if you don't support this person or that person, whether in politics or whatever, or wrestling promotion, if you don't do this, then 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 I'm not your friend or I'm against you, which to me is the dumbest shit that I've ever yeah, seen I because mean. everybody thinks differently and everybody has different ways of doing things. And, um, I just want to say that it's good to be able to talk about something besides wrestling for once at the end of this podcast. And feel free to stay tuned. And you guys can... Somebody's tapping me on the back again. <laughs> We're going to turn around. Is it over here? Nope. Over here? Nope. The chair moves, so she moves. <laughs> what better way to end the Backward Hackers podcast on Mother's Day than with the laughing sound of... up? Oh! Can you say bye, folks? Can we see in the back row? She's like, nope, that's still too much. I'm going to go and get her. We'll see you in the back row.